Hi, I'm Brett Miller with the National Wood Flooring Association, here with Sprig Lynn of Universal Floors out of Washington, D.C. Wanted to talk with Sprig a little bit about a great conversation we were having yesterday on labor and on employees in today's world we're struggling with getting new employees to come work for us, getting people into our trade, and even more importantly, when we get people into our trade, keeping them and keeping them motivated. Sprig is a third-generation wood floor craftsman dealing in high-end wood floor projects in his market and very well-respected in this industry. Sprig is also an, an artist and a professional when it comes to how to deal with his employees and how to bring his employees aboard and keep them motivated to love the work as much as he does. Sprig, I'll just kind of ask you the question and let you go, but how do you keep your employees going and what what is retaining your employees mean to Universal Floors? Well, the the average person working with us has been with us over 18 years, and there's no special trick, but we apply, which my father has taught me and mentored me. My father just retired on his, he'll be close to 93. He's been in this business a long time. But there'll be never, never will you have a perfect employee, helper, manager, owner, customer, architect. So what we apply is what we call, is very simple, the 80-20 plan. We feel the most you're going to get out of someone, on the average, a great employee or boss or salesperson is 80%. Sometimes they'll give you 85 sometimes 75 If they average out 80%, you're way ahead of the game. Too many people are looking for that 100%, and they throw away that 80% looking for that extra 20 That extra 20 has got to be made up by working smarter, better, kinder, you name it. you got to fill those blanks in because you'll search the world over for 100%, and it won't be found anywhere. So we look at our, our people on our team, and it's a, a team effort. And we try to find people in the beginning that at least care, and they're motivated. You can take someone that cares, and they're motivated, and they can turn into a great floor person. I, I guess there's no s- special formula, but each person is an individual, and each job is an individual job. So it's like a basketball team. There's some people you put in at overtime, the final quarter, you name it. You got to pick the right person for the right job. Some have a personality for certain jobs and some don't. So you got to pick and choose who you put and where you put. And I believe the education, especially through the National Wood Flooring Association, it gives you incredible credibility. Uh, Experience is an expensive endeavor, expensive endeavor. And NWFA classes are a shortcut to knowledge. And it's not so much the knowledge that you learn at a one-day class, two-day class. It's all the connections you make with people all over the United States, everyone that attends the class has something that you can pick up from. They have a little trick, a little twist to it that will improve you. So you got to always be trying to strive to improve yourself. 
and open up and listen and try to apply it in your market. Something you said, Sprig, about uh, the 80-20 rule and trying to get that 100% out of everybody. I think everybody, including myself and, and you, don't work at 100% every day. And I think that's an important thing as a business owner and as a manager and as somebody who manages other people. I think it is important, and I couldn't agree with you more, that expecting 100% every day is an impossible task. But 80% out of some, I mean, sometimes you might have a, a great candidate, a great kid that's trying to learn the trade and might have that passion, but no skill, or somebody who has the skill, but no passion, and they might be at 50%. I think the challenge is getting that up and and being okay with 60% when you're paying them 10 bucks an hour and and knowing that maybe it's money, maybe it's ownership of the job site, maybe it's just a passion for the trade that they're lacking. And as a business owner and a manager, I think it's trying to get them to to strive up to another 10% if they can. We if anything's going to happen a change, we're always looking to replace the weakest link. We always try to elevate everyone, but sooner or later, you, you got to uh, replace the weakest link. Most of these uh, people in the trade, they, uh, people in the office really lose the insight of how hard it is. It's physically demanding, mentally demanding. When you're out there with the grind every day, it, it, it's difficult. And as Brett was saying, the 80-20 rule, no one's going to give you 100%. NASA also in the workmanship. Uh, National Wood Flooring Association says jobs are inspected from a standing position in normal living conditions. So you don't want to micromanage and get on your hands and knees and inspect employees' work and try to be critical of everything and anything they, they do. If we do have to adjust someone's work habits, we try to end the conversation on a good note, a positive note, so it's, it helps bring, morale is a huge thing and people lose insight of morale, but this education in the National Wood Flooring Association is absolutely incredible. If you're certified, you can go to professionals like architects and designers. These people feed a lot of work to a lot of people. If you get, get your expertise and, and you can have a architect back you or refer you, that is a gold mine. And we always have a saying, the more you learn, the more you earn. And it's 100% factual. We're, we're all out here. Some of us love the trade and create things. But at the end of the day, we have to pay our bills. And the more you learn, the less physical banging out floors you have to do every day. You can work more with your mind and your hands. And that can travel through your entire career and when your body is is slowly breaking down, you're using more of your mind. And there's a next step into the wood floor industry that uh, you can still make money and make even more money. Something you had mentioned, Sprig, about the employees and training and how important training is. Some concerns I've heard and probably had the concern myself when I had my own business, if I train my employees do they then become my competition? Am I training somebody to just leave me? I think it's important as a business owner to know that that's okay, but it's also important to know how to keep them on board and keep them motivated. I think it's very 
critical for anybody coming into our industry to know that business, being a business owner is something to strive for and something to be proud of. And a lot of people have that dream. How do you capture that? If you see somebody that you know is going to, they're business owner of that mindset, at what point do you just let them go? Or what do you do with them? Do you let them? Most people with our company, we've been around since 1953. We've created basically a lot of companies. And some of them go out and start their own companies. And some of them eventually come back. Uh, I don't believe you should hold them back. Uh, most majority, far majority of people that leave our company for whatever reason, leave on fantastic terms. And we would rather know our competition and be friendly with our competition than be enemies. It's so much easier to work with people you know and they'll respect you. So we, we continue training people. You can't stop that because it's not a double-edged sword. If I train someone, I'm going to show them what we do. Now, there's certain things that we do in certain formulas that we do not show everyone in the company. We can formulate it. We can show them how to use it. But we keep some secrets tight to our chest. You can't give away the farm, but you got to educate people. If people are happy, at the end of the day, if people are happy with their job, they're going to stick around much longer. Some people do not want the headaches of running a business. They want to be able to come in, get a job ticket, and have a team behind them. There's so much joy of having a team around you. So when you have a team, if you go on vacation, people step in. If you're sick, people step in. If you go out as a sole proprietor, you break your leg, you're basically out of business. So we have people that we can elevate into sales, service, warehouse, you name it. There's so many different branches that you can go to in the company. And we give everyone the opportunity. And we try not to hold anyone back. We don't want to hold anyone back. But sometimes it's a blessing when someone does go in business for themselves. Because on the other side of the coin, a, a person that works with you might think you're just printing money in the back room. And they don't see all the other costs. They don't understand the other costs. Uh, another uh, subject is there, there's basically three cogs at a wheel. There's your office staff, accounting, bean counting, sales, and service. And some people do all three. Some have individuals specialize in each section. But if all three are clicking, you're going to make some money. You're going to have a great company. If one's limping along, you'll still make money. But you get two of them limping along, you're going to have problems. So if you look at your business and you got an issue or a problem, you need to analyze it. Why did it happen? What can we do to improve it so you can move forward? Don't take every setback or a problem as a catastrophe. Take it for a learning experience. Sit down and talk about it. Find out why that job went bad and try to correct that situation. So in sales department, we have a, a universal floors. We take a different look at sales. It's not just sales. It's called sales and service. So this person that so-called sells the job, they're connected to that job from start to finish. They are the liaison with the customer, which I think is important. 
The customer wants to feel comfortable that they can call someone that knows someone all the way along the whole process. And we don't end our sale with the final coat. We, we do uh, basic marketing that would help any company. Doesn't cost them a dime. Number one, a smile does not cost anyone a penny. A good attitude. You, you're not with that customer for life. You're usually with the customer for three or four days, a week or two out of your life. Put on that smile. We go to the panel box in the basement where the inspection sticker is, and we put our little sticker right there. It will be there forever for the next 100 years, whatever, as long as that house is standing. You got a little advertising right there. And little things like that really don't cost you a dime. Your business card should be your fingerprints. You should hand those out everywhere you go. Everyone's always looking for work. And they're, they have advertising campaign, marketing campaign. But we found a very basic philosophy to gain. Everyone has a good builder or a good designer or a good source of business in their hometown. We found the best way is to solve their problems. We take this approach. Give me some of your problems with your floors. Let me correct it. If I correct it, this is how much money I would like to get from the correction. If I don't, don't pay me a dime. Let me take care of your problem. Every builder, remodeler has an issue, and they're trying to collect that money. And sometimes they, their floor guy gets a little bit laid back, and he's not as motivated as normal. And he doesn't want to put on that smiley face and come back and do the cosmetic touch-up or take care of something that he feels is not his fault. We fix a lot of things that aren't our fault. But if you take the approach to the contractor, let me fix a couple of your problems. And you go in there and fix it. We've gained more customers that way. And if you have a builder that you gain through that and you retain them for years, it's a lot of money. And it's a very inexpensive way to receive customers without going out to print advertisement or radio advertisement or knocking on the door. Everyone knocks on the door, goes to the builder, or sees them and says, I'm the best in town. I have the best employees. I have the best workers. We do the best work. Everybody's best. It's solving a problem for that builder or that designer. And they all have problems. Believe me, they'll open up to you. And they say, Mrs. Jones down the street, we can't, she is very picky. We can't satisfy her. Don't worry. Let me have a shot at it. If I don't correct it, you don't owe me a dime. If not, I want to gain your business. So it's an inexpensive way of going about getting work. That's some wonderful advice. I appreciate you for joining us today. And thank you, everybody who's out there for listening. Be sure to join us for part two, where we'll be talking a little bit more with Sprig about selling craftsmanship to the customer and taking your business to the next level.